Hello listeners, and welcome back to Sandman Stories Presents. Today we have five more tales from the Book of Yoruba Legends by M.I. Ogumifu. In Story 1, we learn why one tribe is called the Son of Sticks. In Story 2, we learn why women like to grow their hair out, as it wasn't always that way. In Story 3, we hear about why people say, Long live the king, after hearing thunder. In Story 4, we learn how saving the life of a mouse saves the life of the king. And finally, in Story 5, we learn about Iroko trees, and why Yoruba people do not use it in furniture. Okay, let's begin. Story number one, Son of Sticks. A great king sent his various sons to rule over different parts of his kingdom, and all were satisfied but one, the youngest and most ambitious, who returned to his father after some time with the complaint that his territory was much too small and his subjects too few. The king was displeased with his son, and he sent for a large bundle of sticks, which he converted into human beings. Here are some more subjects for you, he said to the astonished prince. From that time, the tribe was famous for its strength and stupidity, and went by the nickname Sons of Sticks, or Omo Igi. The end. It's a kind of interesting nickname, being strong and stupid. Don't know if I'd like that. Alright, story number two. Why women have long hair. Two women quarreled and one of them went out secretly at night and dug a deep pit in the middle of the path leading from her enemy's house to the village well. Early the next morning, when all were going to the well for water with jars balanced on their heads, this woman fell into the pit and cried loudly for help. Her friends ran to her and seizing her by the hair began to pull her out of the pit. To their surprise, her hair stretched as they pulled, and by the time she was safely on the path, her hair was as long as a man's arm. This made her very much ashamed, and she ran away and hid herself. But after a while, she realized that her long hair was beautiful, and then she felt very proud and scorned all the short hair women, jeering at them. When they saw this, they were consumed with jealousy and began to be ashamed of their short hair. We have men's hair, they said to one another. How beautiful it would be to have long hair. So one by one they jumped into the pit, and their friends pulled them out by the hair. And in this way, they and all women after them had long hair. The end. I guess to each their own. Um, Short hair, long hair. Whatever you like. Do your hair for you. Okay, and story number three, why people cry, long live the king, when thunder follows lightning. King Sango was acquainted with many deadly charms, and he once happened to discover a preparation by which he could attract lightning. He foolishly decided to try the effect of the charm, first of all on his own palace, which was at the foot of a hill. Ascending to the hill with his courtiers, the king employed the charm, A storm suddenly arose. The palace was struck by lightning and burnt to the ground, together with Sango's whole family. Overcome with grief at having lost his possessions, and above all his sons, the impetuous king resolved to retire to a corner of his kingdom and rule no more. 
Some of his courtiers agreed with him, and others tried to dissuade him of the plan. But Sango, in his rage, executed 160 of them, 80 who had disagreed with him, and 80 who had agreed too eagerly. Then, accompanied by a few friends, he left the palace and started on his long journey. One by one his friends deserting him on the way, until he was left alone, and in despair he decided to put an end to his life, which he rashly did. When they heard of the deed, his people came to the spot and gave him an honorable funeral, and he was ever afterwards worshipped as the god of thunder and lightning. So, among all the Yorubas, when people see the flash of lightning followed by the sullen roar of thunder, they remember Sango's rage after the destruction of his palace and exclaim, Long live the king! The End That's a sad one. Uh, don't shock your family, don't electrocute your family, don't burn your palace to the ground, I guess is the moral of that one. Okay, and story number four, the Olofin and the Mice. A famous Olofin, or Yoruba king, was once imprisoned by his enemies in a hut, without any door or roof opening, and left to die of starvation. As he sat gloomily on the ground, the Olofin saw a little mouse running across the hut. He seized his knife, exclaiming, Rather than die of hunger, I will eat this mouse. But on second thoughts, he put his knife away, saying, Why should I kill a mouse? I shall starve later on just the same. To his surprise, the mouse addressed him in the following words. Noble king, greetings to you on your generosity. You have spared my life, and in return, I will spare yours. The mouse then disappeared into a hole in the ground, and returned some time afterwards, followed by twenty or thirty other mice all bearing grains of corn, gari, and small fruits. For five days they fed him in this manner, and on the sixth day the hut was opened by the Olofin's captors, who were astonished to find him still alive and in good health. This Olofin must have a powerful charm, they declared. It appears that he can live without eating or drinking. Thereupon they released him, gave him a war canoe, and let him return in freedom to his own country. The end. Oh, okay, so it pays to be nice to mice and other small helpers. And finally, story number five. The Yoroko tree. In the forest, there is a giant tree called by the Yorubas, the Yoroko which is shunned by all people, for in it lives the spirit of an old man who prowls about at night with a little torch and frightens travelers. Anyone who sees the Oroko man face to face goes mad and speedily dies. Seeing the thick branches and mighty trunk of the Oroko, woodcutters are often tempted to cut the tree down and make use of the wood, but this is very unlucky as it houses the displeasure of the Oroko man and brings misfortune on the woodcutter and all his family. In any house which contains furniture made of Iroko wood, there can be heard at night strange groaning and creaking noises. It is the spirit of the Iroko imprisoned in the wood, who longs to wander about again through the forest with his little torch. The End
I always love reading these stories because they give me insight into what people hold dear and how they explain their world. I really enjoyed hearing about the thunder and lightning and the sadness of the king. Also, Iroko wood is apparently not very good for structures. It's called the poor man's teak. And while it looks like it's good to use, it isn't. So that might be the source of this legend. Today's podcast shout-out is to Dark Stories from the Campfire by Stephen M. Utiro. Gosh, I hope I'm saying that right. Stephen brings elements of folklore, history, and his own creative brain to bring you creepy tales that will leave you looking over your shoulder or huddle up under your blankets. Not only does he write his own show, he also composes the music that goes with it. Dude is seriously talented. And if you like it as much as I do, go and give him a 5-star rating on Podchaser or iTunes. And the listener shout-out is to Grays Lake, Illinois. Situated north of Chicago, Schaumburg, Elgin, Arlington Heights, and Downers Grove, Gray Lake is situated among many lakes that play home to Chicagoans' vacation cabins. My father's side of the family often went up through that area, on their way to Delavan, Wisconsin. And my Uncle Mickey, who is dearly missed, used to have a little cabin on Fox Lake nearby. You are 51% of my listeners in Illinois, and if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I can give you a personal shout-out for giving so many listens. Thank you, and good night.